What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. Woo! We got a week ahead of us. We've got SummerSlam. It's finally happening this weekend. Before we get there, though, we still got this show. We still got uh, a raw recap. We still got a SmackDown. Actually, no, we don't have a SmackDown recap because I'm going to be traveling, but we're going to do some predictions. We got lots of stuff ahead, so make sure that you are subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed. If you're only watching on YouTube right now, you're going to miss some of the stuff that's in the podcast feed only, so go subscribe there. But promotion aside, let's talk about this week's guest. We've got Gunther on the show, Intercontinental Champion Gunther. We talked to him about a lot of stuff here. I think you guys are going to be interested in this. We talked to him about the name change. We talked to him about how him moving to America finally came about. Lots of stuff that you're going to find interesting. So make sure you stick around for the whole thing. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to this week's interview with Gunther. I want to start this off asking you what I ask every other guest, and that's how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV? Uh, A lot of things, yeah. When it comes to wrestling, at least, um, to what I do. Um, yeah, I think it's basically me in, yeah, like an overdone way at times, I would think. But I think it's pretty uh, close to, yeah, who I am in real life. Well, are okay, then, are you as serious in real life most of the time as you seem on TV? Because, I mean, if you're very close to your real self, like your real self is pretty intense on TV. So are you that serious yeah. in your real life? I mean... Being a professional wrestler is my, uh, yeah, it's my profession. It's my job. So whatever other profession I ever had in my job where I wanted to achieve something, I treated it very serious uh, and uh, gave it my all. So that's, uh, I think it's pretty close to it, yeah. But what about like when you're not wrestling, like when you're home, you're chilling, how much, like that? that's the personality I'm wondering, not in the ring, but out of the ring, like you're out of character self, like, are you that serious of a dude? Or are you? Because in this conversation we've had, just in the few minutes, like, seem like not as serious as you would come across on TV. No, I'm very serious about things that are important to me and people that are important to me. But otherwise, I think I'm a pretty uh, laid back person. But I keep my circle very, very small. I, I can tell that about you. You're not someone who's like on social media. You're not someone who's revealing a lot of your your life out there. You're kind of to yourself, uh, driven. You seem driven by your your passions, basically. Yeah, I think I, I wouldn't say that about myself, but I think that's a big, <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, description. Yes. <laughs> well, what would you say is the mo- outside of wrestling? Because you said like the things that are important to you, you keep your circle small. Outside of wrestling, what's the most important thing to you? Um, I, th- I think I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to that. Obviously, family, uh, my wife, my parents, my siblings, and all of that stuff. Then the closest friends uh, I have that are, are very important to me. And then, uh, then that's that's it when it comes to the people that are close to me. But in general, I'm a very simple guy. I think I'm a little bit more uh, of a home person. Um, yeah, I like to be just at home, having a good time, uh, spending it with my wife. And um, yeah, I think I'm very, very simple. I don't really have uh, in-depth hobbies uh, that I follow. Um, I like to have a drink here and there or some good time with my my people, yeah. Okay, well, when you're home then, since you do like to be a homebody, but you don't have any like, you know, 
secret hobbies or anything like that? When you're home, what do you do? To, like, what are you watching TV? Are you cooking? Like, what's what's Gunther doing when he's at home just chilling? Uh, cooking is actually a good one. I like cooking. Um, I like cooking shows for, a, yeah, a good amount of years of my life. Um, and I like to try out stuff or at least the stuff I eat, try to make that as tasty as possible and try new cutting techniques uh, and stuff like that. So that's something I'm uh, I'm into, actually. Um, and just in general, being a person, I, I definitely have my downtime, but I try to stay busy. Try to stay busy with life outside of wrestling, obviously, as well. Um, make sure I got everything together. And uh, yeah, but obviously just having a good time. Um, let go a little bit. Go for a nice, go for a nice food at a restaurant and stuff. So um, like I said, it's very basic. I like Call of Duty. I play that here and there. Very, way less than I used to do uh, recently. Um, but spend a lot of time uh, in Berdansk playing warzone um but yeah like i said well that's not that simple and basic that's normal stuff like i you're literally (laughs) just describing you're describing my own life to me basically like those are the things i'm doing it is normal stuff but that's what makes it basic too i guess i miss i miss watching football games in real time i gotta say that's like a little bit hard to catch up now with the time difference to europe um that was something you used to love to go to the football ground uh i I always watch matches it blows my mind with the time difference with wrestling fans out there that they the times they get up to watch raw and smackdown i'm always just like man i i I don't know if i could stay up to date kind of like you're saying with football like it's hard to stay up to date when you have to deal with that time change i don't know if i was in the uk if i could stay up to date as everyone does yeah it's like i remember when i was like i don't know 17 or 16 there was always like because i worked at my parents company and then on Sunday when there was a pay-per-view on, it was like, it's, it's, it was always the trade-off. Is it like you're, you have a real shitty Monday and stay up and watch the pay-per-view or you just watch it next day and then get spoiled throughout the day, but you actually get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to deal with that, though. I, it's That's even me, like, sometimes with, a, like, a Marvel movie that comes out, I'm like, I could go on Thursday at midnight and then not have anything spoiled for me, or I could wait like a day and like take the risk. And it's all, it's always tough. Uh, wait, since you mentioned it, uh, I'm not a football person really, but who's your favorite football team? Football team. Um, I grew up supporting a club from Vienna, Rapid Vienna, uh, obviously. Um, in, especially in Europe, it's a little bit different. I think to American sports, you don't really, I don't know. It's not really common to pick your favorite team from the other side of the country or the continent. You just you support at least one of the teams that is in your hometown. Um, in I gotta say, so Rapid Vienna always supported, but the Austrian league is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty boring. It's not as exciting. Their football is not as good. Uh, so then I always followed the German football, and I lived close to Gelsenkirchen, a city called Gelsenkirchen, which. Uh, Basically, it's the home of Schalke 04, which is one of the biggest football clubs in Europe, actually, um, by its members and stuff. They had a pretty rough time recently, but they just relegated up again. So that's where I try to pay close attention to what's going on around the year. And then I always try to stay somehow on top of what's going on with the, obviously, the big transfer or the, yeah, the, the player transfer period is coming up, um, or is going on right now um the world cup is around the corner so i follow that a little bit um and the top leagues like who's on top and yeah 
I, uh, but not too in depth. I went to I went to London once for like a family vacation, and I'm not a football person. Like I don't, I didn't realize how extreme people are about other teams in their town. Like if you're wearing the 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 gear of a, of a rival team in their town, so it was snowing, and I didn't bring or it was, it was like I didn't bring uh, a scarf. And so I remember I just I told my family like, hey, wait one second for like I'm just gonna rush into the store and grab a scarf because they're selling a ton of them in here. And then I took one just because I it matched what I was wearing. I didn't know. And for the next like <laughs> the next like week on vacation, anytime someone saw me wearing it, it was like, hey, f you, like Manchester United, like oh, f you, you know, and like, and I was like, oh man, it's extreme. I'm not I'm not used I mean, to that. I mean, of course that that's what is like the like I said the connection to. Uh, the club you support is not really like dominated by success or something like that. It's more like you grew up with a club and you make the choice for a club once in your life and you stick with it for the rest of your life. That's pretty, that's pretty common. And it makes it, I think that makes it nice. You go through with a club, you go through all the ups and downs and yeah, that's nice. It's, I, f I find it kind of hilarious that in, in American football, they just, I think the Raiders just recently moved to, Vegas, I think, from Oakland or something. I feel like the Raiders have moved that. around my entire life. They were the LA Raiders. They're like they're always all over the place. The Raiders. Yeah, like I, I when I heard that the first time, I couldn't believe it. Like, it's, it's, how is that? How is that possible? It's like, if you imagine happening, if you imagine that happening in European football or something, it would be. Yeah, I think there would be legit riots. Like people would actually go. Like I think people have more drive any motion to go on the streets and like organize a protest for that than a lot of other serious topics to be honest yeah it's funny when you look at certain team names that are like super old you're like that doesn't make sense where it's from and then you find out it's because they moved like in the 70s or something you know like yeah. like the lakers you know and you're like well, there's no real like lakes out here you know and you find out it's because they moved you know so uh yeah i also i saw that uh trailer this morning for ryan reynolds's documentary that he made on uh that Wrexham team that he bought and it very much kind of like goes into what you're talking about how like it's a ve it's very much like a town thing and that like you just have to kind of like it's 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 part it's like ingrained in in you from where you live and that's so foreign to me I'm so I, I don't even care about like when I hear like I think the most I have of that is like I hear a wrestler and they're like build from around where I live and I'm like oh okay I'll support that guy he's from around where I live or girl or whatever you know so similar <laughs> it's very similar you know I'm wondering you know for, you know for so long you had said you weren't willing to move to America to be on WWE TV what changed um I mean obviously it I like to live in Europe it's like I would still prefer that and uh it's just a different way of living in America and, and never, I still don't think it's really for me, but I, I have a good life here, so I can't complain, but it was never my first choice. And also it was a time uh, in wrestling where, which was crazy because I think I started, I don't know how long it was, 2005, I don't know how many years this are now. And then looking back at the steps wrestling made, just like changing and developing, and then out of nowhere, the gates were open for so many young wrestlers from Europe to actually go to WWE or wrestle other places and be seen and be successful and stuff like that. And it felt it felt a little bit like a like a gold rush, if it makes sense. So everybody obviously just jumped on every opportunity they had. 
And I always felt like, okay, if everybody, I don't know, sometimes it's better to just wait things out and wait out the timing a little bit and wait for things for the time being right. Uh, so I always felt like if I would be just, I don't know, if everybody moves to America at the same time, it's not going to be as special than when I do it. I always thought, it's, you know, it was always clear to me that it would happen at some point. But I tried to time it as good as possible for myself. Well, I feel like, you know, I'm similar in that regard of like, if I see everybody doing something, I'm like, well, I'll go do this instead. Like, I'll fill this empty void while everyone else is trying to fight to fill this empty space over here. I'm like, well, now there's just this whole vast open space for me to do whatever I want in. And I'm going to go do that. So I, I completely understand in that regard of like, well, everybody was doing that. And so they... You know, if you keep doing your thing, you it kind of op you had all these open opportunities for you to be doing your thing still. Yeah, of course, and it's like um, I guess it's in many aspects of life. There's a situation similar to that. Um, at the end of the day, was it the right way to go about it? For me personally, it definitely was like how I feel right now and stuff like that. But that, yeah, you can always discuss it. But at the end. Uh, it was my decision to do it that way, and I'm happy it went down like that because I feel like the timing was about perfect did, uh, right now. Did the pandemic influence it at all? Because I feel like, you know, prior to that, you had a lot... There was, there was less to do wrestling-wise in the UK, you know, at a certain point because of the pandemic, and I feel like, you know, you were... From an outsider perspective, it looked like you wanted kind of like a new opportunity with the things that were available out here. Um, I, th I think I'm one of those people who really kind of like profited from the pandemic and the setup. Um, I had my, I had my rivalry with Ilya going on in NXT UK. Um, and I think that was, was one of those matches that really made, like really got a good exposure during that COVID time was my title match with Ilya. And I think we really benefited from an empty arena that there was no crowd noise or anything like that because we both had a very intense style and stuff like that and that made it naturally stand out and yeah put us in a position where a lot of eyes were on us and stuff like that so i think uh yeah i profited a lot from that time and it also gave me a chance to uh yeah take it a little bit easy for a little bit uh, in terms of schedule and stuff like that uh, but then as it picked up a little bit again, it actually was, we had, we always had like training camps at NXT UK up front to the, to the tapings and stuff. So you were a good amount of time, uh, busy and actually, actually in the ring, uh, over the year. Um, but I feel like I did my bit in NXT UK, uh, during the pandemic and gave my best to, yeah, keep that, keep the going, keep that interesting during the time. And, uh, yeah. I outgrew it a little bit, and I feel like it's it was time to move on. Well, that Ilya match was awesome. Uh, that match, you're right, 100%. Like, not a lot. There were some matches where the crowd not being there really did hurt the match. But, man, you guys just <clears throat> beat the hell out of each other so hard that it just it, – it, it was one of those times where it was like you, you – you can't look at that and be like, "Well, this isn't painful." These guys are beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> like you couldn't watch that and 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 not be and not think that these men are in intense pain. You guys were, oh man, it was intense. 
I mean, it was it was physical, obviously, but that's what wrestling is like. I think Ilya and I know each other for a very long time. For a few years, we worked together in Germany and stuff like that. And I really saw Ilya growing over the uh, over the years to the wrestler that he's now. So we always had like a good like real life connection anyway. Um, and in the ring, we always had great chemistry. Um, and I think we both can, uh, on the same page when it comes to how do we think this sport should be executed or presented. And it has to be authentic. And in my, in my vision, wrestling always needs to be dramatic competition. It's how I like to say it all the time. You are always able to set the tone, uh, yourself and how people perceive your, uh, your match. Okay, moving topics. We got deep in the weeds of wrestling talk there, of, of, of more of the actual move stuff. Uh, but I was wondering, you know, since you've only been in America, how long have you been in America now, like officially living here? Uh, since January, beginning since, of the year. Okay, since the beginning of the year. What's been your favorite thing about living here so far? Mm, I would say either the weather or that a lot of things are way less complicated than in Europe. Like... Uh, Whenever you have to get stuff done, when it includes like uh, documents or try to get, I don't know, set up your bank account and stuff like that, rent an apartment, buy a car, like all those kind of things that have like an administrative process behind it. It's way simpler here. That's very refreshing, I gotta say. <laughs> that's funny at the beginning. You said you're boring, and that's definitely, or like simple, and that's definitely the simplest like thing of like, oh, I like that I can get documents done more easily here. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It's like the everyday. No, I, to I totally in, understand. No, I totally in understand. Europe is a little bit of a hassle. <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny. Yeah, I uh, man. I feel like the weather change. It's because it's it's hot where you live. Like I feel like Orlando's mad hot. Oh, yeah, it is. I think it, I would also say it's a little bit too hot for me. I like the sun and stuff like that, but I also like seasons. So, but it's hard to complain. It looks like a holiday resort everywhere here. So a lot of, a lot of people pay a lot of money to actually come over here from Europe for holiday or from wherever. And I'm able to live here, so it's all good. That's how I feel about Southern California all the time. Like, I'm never going to complain about living out here. Like, even if there's traffic, it's hot all the time. Like, I don't care. When I go other places, I'm like, oh, I see why people vacation here. It's pretty awesome where I live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's been your least favorite thing about living in America so far? I would say the least favorite things is over here is like the... Yeah, that you kind of... You're less protected, I would say, as a single individual. Um, you have to kind of like treat yourself as a business in every day's life here. Like every kind of decision you make, you have to kind of like think it through and somehow protect yourself. I think as a European, you're a little bit spoiled when it comes to that because a lot of stuff is uh, regulated. But on the other hand, then it's an adventure and you, you learn a lot. Uh, you learn something um, for life in general, I think. And so it's not really anything I can complain about. No, but that's just some... as an American, you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like that's that's the worst part about being out here for sure, dude. Like all the time, like you're like, what? Why? Why aren't we? Why wouldn't we do things that make people happy? Like that make everybody happy? That that are help the greater good of the country? Why are we only caring about one sector of people? So yeah, I or why aren't we all just more caring towards others out here? So yeah, I yeah. you you're, you hit it right on the head there for sure. Um, all right, back to wrestling. 
we'll go back to wrestling now. Uh, how long before your main roster call-up was it before you were told you'd be moving from NXT to SmackDown? Um, it was more or less, it was a, it was my call to, to move over. Um, was there like an open kind of like, we're ready for you whenever type thing? Mm, yeah, it was more like um, the first thought was bringing me over to NXT uh, stateside, but just in like blocks, like stay for a few weeks and then go back for a few weeks and stuff like that. Um, but I told them that at the end of the day, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move over. Uh, that's it now. So that's actually what happened. Like they never really pushed me into that. Like right from the get go, when I signed a contract with WWE. They knew my, yeah, my positioning on that and my opinion, and I told them that up front. Um, but they never really pushed me for it. They offered it uh, like quite often, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I think before I told them, we haven't talked about it for a good two or three months or something. Dang, that's crazy. So that's pretty cool that you had the ball in your court like that. That it was just kind of like up to you on when you wanted to make the decision to 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 do it. Yeah, it was. I think it's a very unique situation for me, and I'm really thankful that it went down that way. Um, and I also always had, like, I think I had a good connection to uh, Triple H, but I think the even better connection to uh, to Shawn Michaels um, and a good understanding. Um, they had a good understanding for me and for my situation and stuff. Um, but like I said, in the back of my head, it was always kind of, it was kind of clear to me that I have to come because that's the thing in this profession is not like any other where you just stay at one point where you're comfortable and you're just going to stay there for the rest of your career. Um, in a, as a wrestler in your career, there's either the way up or the way down. There's no, you can't be stagnant. You either develop or you drop. And yeah, that was my final thought. And I was like, okay, it's time to go. Well then, since you know there's moving and there's there's the process afterwards, then how when how long was it before from when you told them you were ready to move to America to when they were like, okay, we're gonna bring you to SmackDown now? Um, yeah, I I found out about yeah, going to SmackDown. I think it was the WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania Sunday it was. Yes, they called us and be like, hey. Uh, you come to a SmackDown on Friday. Uh, we're getting going. Uh, we're getting started. Um, yeah, and that was just those few days, basically. Um, but I can't. But I knew it was coming anyway. So when I moved over, it was pretty clear that where I'm gonna end up, that I should move up to the main roster and be part of any of the brands there. Um, so it was more or less just I was ready to go anyway. Do you know what the reason for the name change was at all? I mean, I guessed it. Walter is my real name, um, and as a from the from the side of the company, it makes a lot more sense if you actually can have some ownership on the name of an athlete that you kind of like, yeah, present or uh, put out there to an audience. So I kind of expected it, uh, but it it was fine for me. So. Did, did you have any input on the new name at all? Did they come to you and say, you got any ideas or anything like that? Or was it, did they send a list to you or anything like that? I mean, my point was always like, Walter is a very old name. Like, even in Austria, like my dad is named Walter. So I'm basically Walter Jr. Um, so it's more like an older 
people's name. It's like like nobody age thirty usually is called Walter. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't um, my my uh, grandpa, my stepmom's dad is named Walter, and he's eighty nine years yeah, old. So it's like it's perfect. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the day, it was like okay to fit that character and stuff like that. It will be some old German name, and at the end of the day, there's no. There were a few no goes. I told them that I would have thought are awful, like Hans or Franz or something like that. But then Gunther would be one of those that I thought, yeah, would be a log- logical choice anyway. There are not that many. Was there any talk of uh, of capitalizing the whole name? Because I always liked how you did that with Walter. And then now it's normal. It's all normally written. I'm like, well, I'm used to Cap in his whole name. Oh, is it normally written now? I didn't even set, look on, on my think, screen here. Wait, well, on uh, uh, there it is, but that's because we like, normally do that. Wait, hold on. I'm going to go to WWE.com because I'm pretty sure, like, when you come out and make your entrance, it – hold on. Let me <laughs> – now I need to know because I'm not sure. Out. I think it is – wait, hold on. Now, hold on. I'm looking on WWE.com right now. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. We're at the J – okay, hold on. Went too far. Yeah, no. Lowercase for the rest of it. Lowercase for the rest uh, of it. So you you would to... like it to be all capitalized too then, right? Yeah, if it, I actually kind of thought it was, but I think I, re- I think I have to say something about it now. So. <laughs> you, you, sh- you should say something to it. I don't know why. It adds, it adds like something extra. I don't know why. It just feels a little more powerful when it's all caps. <laughs> it is, I think. I, I, I got the... The Walter in all caps, I always loved it in Japan when the the Japanese heels would just write their name in full caps. They would just have because usually the in in Japan it's even it's it's way more sports presentation uh, oriented. So they always just have their full names, like first name and last name. And the heels would always just have one name and all in caps. I love that. So I thought, like, I need to get that. I love it, too. That's why I always figured that's where the inspiration was. But I love it, too. Yeah, push. Just give him a little elbow. Be like, uh, you know, <laughs> the caps was a thing. Uh, what's the biggest difference for you so far between NXT and SmackDown? Um, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to what happens in the ring, wrestling is wrestling. It doesn't matter, like for me at least, it doesn't matter if it's in front of 50 people or if it's in front of a bunch of bunch of thousand people um what obviously makes a difference is like the all the happenings around it um there are way more people involved a lot more uh stuff has to happen in a shorter amount of time um it's not too different but it's obviously just nxt is like a uh i would say nxt it's like a little bit stricter organized uh because the people involved are less experienced i would say like the the talent and stuff while it's a little bit more relaxed, I would call it, uh, on SmackDown is fine, like as long in, in my experience, because everybody's like also way more experienced and can get all the stuff done, like tech, 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 one after the other. Um, everything has its little routine. So yeah, it's a little bit more, uh, relaxed in the terms of nobody's like really tense or, uh, freaked out about what they have to do. That's great. Okay, I want to ask you about your weight loss journey because I feel like, you know, you've – how much weight have you lost since you started losing weight? Mm, I think it must be around 60 pounds now Damn. or something, 65. Damn. So what prompted yeah. you to do that? 
Um, there was also like first of all, it was always I loved the look of the yeah the big Japanese heavyweights, the the Stan Hansons and Terry Gordy and Beta Scott Norton, like those chunky foreign heavyweights. Um, I always loved that look, and I always think that look really suited my style. So I never really saw and how should I say, there was never any big reason for me to be like, okay, let's change that. And also, nobody ever said that to me either. It's like, when I was signed, I was, like, you see the pictures there, when I was signed, I was around that size. Um, and nobody ever saw that as an issue or something like that. It just fitted me. Um, but now there was always the thing, the thing of change too. I kind of knew it's moving, moving over here is going to change some stuff, even though I didn't know exactly what it was, but I always kind of, I kind of thought it like I have to, I have to do my part. I have to show that I'm adapting and I have to show that I put the work in uh, for change. Um, and I think that was the most obvious choice. Um, and also going forward, I knew I would be on main roster. It's like a national television show um, that's seen not just by wrestling hardcore fan, that's seen by everybody, regular people. Um, and looking like I look now, I will be more appealing and standing out more than looking like I looked the way before. Because I think in the context I was performing before, I think I got taken serious and I got away with being like a serious competitor like that. But I think if you're like in the top league on national television every week and you want to represent a top tier athletes, you have to be in shape to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything you said there, it's funny. Everything you said there is, is, is basically what I assumed, you know, challenging yourself, wanting to look better when you came to the main roster. And, and it's interesting because it's, it's, What's fascinating to me about it is it kind of some of the things you talked about in there of like there was nothing wrong with the way you looked before. It fit your character. It, it fit the badass vibe you were going for. It fit the look you were going for. It fit what you were building towards. Um, and I would think that it'd be almost nerve-wracking in a way to be like, okay, well, I want to get in shape for me, for all those things that you said. But how, were you worried on how it might affect the way your character was perceived? Oh, no, not at all. I gotta say, um, like I said before, it was just, I couldn't really, because that, that's the crazy thing about it now, I gotta say, because if I compare the pictures now, obviously I'm like, Whew. you were kind of like a big dude. <laughs> <laughs> because I, because I never saw myself like that before. I always felt good. I always like, I never had an issue in the ring, stamina wise. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I always was fine with everything. Um, but now comparing the pictures, I'd be like, man, you let yourself go. But like you said, it was fine for what it was before. And now it was a little bit of a gamble to be like, okay, you changed it up. It's a big change, but whatever. Now with the slight change of our look and also the, the name change, it felt way more like a, a rebranding or like a transformation rather than just being the same guy with a different name. So I think. I was a little bit able to create a little bit of a new person when it came to the uh, when it came to the looks, uh, but I didn't really worry about because at the end of the day it didn't make no sense. Like, what should I have to worry? Like, there's no, don't think there's gonna gonna be any downside with losing some extra weight. No, there's definitely no downside to to losing weight whatsoever. I was just thinking from like a you know. Uh 
method acting pers- perspective, you go like, well, that guy was a bi- you know, that Walter was a big guy. But what you said is exactly perfect. I mean, like you said, you knew you had a restart coming soon, most likely. So it was like, why not do everything possible so that when that restart happens, I'm in the best possible form that I can be in. And so, I mean, that led yeah. to you getting the Intercontinental Championship very fast when be, uh, getting on the main roster. So, I mean, it, clearly <laughs> you showing all these things did help your case for when you finally got there. Yeah, no, definitely 100%. And also, like I said, timing-wise, it was kind of perfect because I did I started the diet like mid last year, but it was a little bit on, off, relaxed. They were, uh, I wasn't really able to focus 100% on it and then uh me and my wife we traveled a lot before i moved to uh because before we moved to america we spent a lot of time in different european countries and stuff like that to make the most out of it and then when i moved over there there was david and marcel were already in fantastic shape and they obviously helped me grind through that and uh, pushed me big in training so i definitely couldn't have done it uh, without them in that case too yeah i i can imagine that having those two ripped guys around you all the time to kind of ask for advice and 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 help lead you there would be very helpful because like you're, <laughs> you're posting pictures and you're shredded but then ludwig drops one and it's just like every single piece of his body is like chiseled it's insane yeah he got in fantastic shape you gotta say um so did fabian they both and they both really grinded through and i basically just because we all have the same coach he's a old friend that used to wrestle as well from germany um and yeah i basically just did the same as they did and before i came over here because i always worked out and i always thought i worked out really hard but to be honest i think i worked out solidly but then with them too we they really kicked my ass and opened my eyes a little bit when it came to like work i think a little bit more and stuff like that it was definitely a the needed push in the right direction and like i said i'm thankful for that and but that's important i think in life in general you need a great support system around you and just for the the circumstances of like how my career like i wanted to go in the next years i have the perfect uh like fundamentals here the perfect foundation like i said i have uh uh i have Ginny, great wife she's a great support and i have uh fabian and marcel that are really uh a great backup too you think we're gonna see Ginny on raw or smackdown soon when is she when is she getting called up well that's only god knows (laughs) all right well we've reached uh i think we've reached the end here uh, but I like to end every episode of the show with a segment that I call, did I get too, did I go too fast? I might've gone too fast with it. Ding, ding, ding. The finishing move. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there it is. The finishing oh, move. <laughs> I went a little too early with it. My apologies. Uh, who's your favorite superstar to powerbomb and why? Ilya Dragunov. Why? Because uh, I think nobody dies like Ilya, to be honest. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that? Where does that match rank in like your personal all-time favorites of like yours? Oh, definitely on the top. But I have a few favorites. I would say I'm not really someone who does like categorizes stuff for himself. But you don't categorize. You makes- don't have like what your own person like a, like your own top three of like your personal favorite three matches. 
No, if you ask me, I would have make it up in the moment and pick three of the bunch I have in memory that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> I respect the honesty of that one. I very, I very much do. Uh, a lot of wrestlers who've used the powerbomb over the years have given theirs a unique name. Have you thought about naming yours? Um, no, I've never really been big into like move names. They have a name already. And uh, when I pick moves, I'm focused on the efficiency of it. And if they make sense for my body, for my body constitution to execute them. And if they do, I just pick them. But I got to be all honest. I don't think I do one move that I actually created or made up. I just took what has been made before and do it my way. Yeah, I was, but see, when I was, I was looking at that, like I was, when I was crafting that question, I was thinking to myself, and I was like, there's been a lot of power bombs that were pretty normal. Like the jackknife power bomb isn't like that different. You know, he backs up, he kind of like lets him go as he's doing it, or you know, there's slight little, you know, things here and there. But I, I was thinking to myself, like they're all pretty much a power bomb. But I like knowing that the reason you don't want to name stuff is like, well, it's already got a name. Why would I rename it? That's 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 the name of the move. It does, right? And also like that, everybody has all the flashy names for their moves. So I think if I don't have them, then might make me stand out more than coming up with a random flashy name for my move as well. Roman Reigns had a similar answer when I asked him about that once. When I was like, would you like maybe like do something that's, you know, not just, you know, the name that's already done. He was like, well, no, that'd be corny if I'm like naming moves that already have names. And so I, yeah. I, I, I like hearing people's thoughts on that because I don't know. I always feel like even though it's a move I've seen, I, I'm, I like finishing move names personally. So uh, that's why I always wonder when people don't name them what their thought process is on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And me personally, I think I would have never mattered about that. Like, like as a fan, as well as a viewer, somebody tells me, I don't know, that wrestler is coming up. He's going to do that. Whatever punisher, and then I see it is like, man, it was a power bomb. What are you, what are you building up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if Hulk, if Hulk Hogan can just have the leg drop as the name and be as over as he was with it for as long as he did, you don't have to name your, your moves necessarily. What's your no, What's your favorite power bomb though of others of everyone else's power bombs that are out there? My favorite power bomb. I always used to. Uh, I think it would be either from Japan. Uh, Kawada's powerbomb because he would just recklessly drill the person on the neck look beautiful and uh, I've, I always loved Undertaker's Last Ride it was a great move I think Last Ride was so sick Fantastic. big fan yes. of that move big fan as well alright lastly and then I'll let you go here what's the most memorable time that you hit a powerbomb on someone the most memorable time it's mm. a good question big title win you know uh i think um i think i would say it was uh and i'm not sure it was if it was a problem to be honest so i can't name the well, moment the, the, your favorite <laughs> well the most memorable finish that you had to a match yeah that was i think i think that what i really what i really enjoyed to get a different reaction on the crowd than expected was uh when i wrestled tyler Bate in in cardiff and I think it was the problem at the end or something else, but he managed to kick out at one at the end. And 
that whole place basically just gasped new hope. I think they really believe that Tala is gonna he's gonna turn it around now. And the whole place came up and then I was able to execute a big lariat and beat him and it felt like all the energy got sucked out of the room in a in a matter of seconds and or a second. And that was a great accomplishment, I gotta say. That's, <laughs> that felt good. <laughs> I could have felt good. I robbed them of all their dreams. It felt amazing. <laughs> Yes, I felt. I, I gotta say, I felt really accomplished at night because of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the time today. I've been a huge fan of yours for a while, and I'm stoked with everything you've been doing on SmackDown. So I appreciate you giving me the time today, and hopefully, I see you out there in Nashville. Yeah, thank you for having me, and yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna run into you. <laughs> All right, man. Have, have a, good, a good, good one. Take care. Peace. All right, that was my conversation with Intercontinental Champion Gunther. Lots of fun. I've been a fan of his for a while, like I told him. So it was super cool getting to pick his brain about all that stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. All right, let's do some of the housekeeping here. Make sure that if you're watching on the YouTube channel right now, you pick up your phone, wherever it is, pick it up, and go follow the Added Character Feed. Go subscribe to the Added Character Feed on whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, make sure that you're subscribed to the Add a Character feed on there. If you're only watching this show every week, there's more audio content that lies within. So go follow it, Add a Character, in whatever podcast feed or whatever podcast platform you use. You can find the Raw and SmackDown recaps that we do, best of the week, lots of stuff in there. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Add a Character feed. And if you're listening to the Add a Character feed, thank you. I appreciate it. I realized that spiel wasn't for you, but this spiel is for you. Go follow the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, WWE on Fox. That's where you can find uh, this show on video every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can find clips of the show throughout the week. You can find stuff in the community tab. Uh, you can find clips of Raw and SmackDown. There's lots of stuff there, so make sure that you are following the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Also, go follow WWE on Fox on social media as well. It's WWE on Fox on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I believe TikTok is finally happening. So go follow us on TikTok as well at WWE on Fox. We're going to start posting content soon there. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I had a meeting about it. We're actually doing it. So go follow the WWE on Fox page. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time. I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.